If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. These are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Thank you so much. My name is Chase. This is Chase Talks Hip Hop, and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everybody, welcome to the Chase Talks Hip Hop Podcast. I'm going to be doing some impromptu stuff since my guest wasn't able to make it or they're just running late. So pretty much I just want to talk about a few things that have been on my head regarding the world of hip-hop and as well as uh, some of the movies I've been watching lately since it is the month of October. Um, as you know, Halloween is around the corner, so I've been enjoying a lot of fucking movies that are really stupid. One of them being uh, is uh, the original Alien vs. Predator. And the reason I'm going to rant about this movie is because, it, it, to me, it's just the amount, it's the right amount of horror, stupid, and fun. I, I don't know how to put it. It's it's the perfect amount of what you need to make a solid blockbuster. And it was made in 03 or something like that. So the time period makes sense why it was so fucking awesome. And I remember watching it and I was just thinking whoever really put this idea in the boardroom together was a genius because th- this movie just hit the mark. You know, if you're if you're somebody you enjoy the time of Halloween and you enjoy that vibe, and you're looking for something that isn't, that you don't want to watch some bullshit nowadays, some independent film that's going to traumatize you. I saw a trailer for a movie about uh, some some half goat, half sheep, half kid, and it fucking traumatized me more than Jeepers Creepers. And I watched that movie as a kid, so I, I don't want to go so far down this weird path. I want to watch something I can gravitate towards, like Alien, Predator. And I even watched the original Alien uh, with Sigourney Weaver. That shit holds up to this day. The practical effects, all of that works out. But Chase, what does this have to do with hip-hop? It has nothing to do with it. This is because I have to be impromptu at the moment. And this is what you got to do. I mean, like, for me, the solo podcast, this is something I kind of had to force myself to get better at. Having to talk to myself and make it make sense in a way. But none of it ever really does. But some of the other topics I was thinking about hip-hop related as far as the the idea of paying homage to people i think one person who comes to mind is ludicrous i think ludicrous is somebody that that needs to get thrown in the conversation more because a he has created a really great brand he's created a fucking solid brand and on top of that he has a great discography so if we go through his discography you have word of mouth chicken and beer red light district like, he, he really does have, I want to say he has at least, what, two classics under his belt? If word of, word of mouth, chicken and beer, back for the first time, you could maybe classify those in that area, at least Southern classics, however you want to really perceive it. It doesn't really matter to me. But um, anyway, I think that Ludacris's career is impressive because it spans to the early, I mean, not early 90s, I want to say mid-90s, and then up to now, even though he hasn't dropped music in a bit, um, actually, no, I take that back. He did that one record with uh, from Griselda. It wasn't Benny. It was Conway the Machine and J.I.D. And I thought he had a great standout verse, and he showed everybody that he still has it. I'm not saying he ever lost it, 
but he still has it. And Ludacris, you know, proves that point. So I think when it comes to people who who have longevity in the game, I think we got to mention Ludacris. And if you feel a little spotty about his albums, okay, that's normal. I feel spotty about like Jay-Z's albums and I love his music and I love his discography. But you can feel spotty about somebody somebody's discography if they have a huge body of work. You know, like there I was actually talking about this earlier with some friends and the idea of having such a huge body of work, right? You have people like E40, you have MERS, you have people who have what, twenty album discographies or more. Snoop Dogg has a ridiculous and I was also correlating like a lot of people a lot of these artists who uh, have this this high volume are from the West Coast. And it really, like, baffled me for a minute because I was thinking about it. We got Snoop, 40, Murs, Tech 9 is from the Midwest, so I, I think I, I could throw him over there, too, because um, he has a huge body of work. I think, like, what, he was dropping damn near a project a year trying to top what he was doing. And... Um, and he also tours a million days out of the, a million days out of the year as well. So like he keeps himself busy. So on top of having to rehearse his old material and build up a new set, maybe when he goes on tour, change things up, and then maybe the feature verses that he might do for his uh, artists on Strange Music. On top of that, he has to keep on recording new music, memorizing that. So that dude's mind must be a steel trap. And um. Too Short, yeah, Too Short is crazy because he dropped his first project in 1984. 1984, which is pretty amazing to me. The fact that he dropped that in 1984 and that he's been able to ride the wave and still stay relevant. I think that is somebody that we need to talk to because you got to understand, to put this shit in perspective, that is a whole decade before Illmatic. That is a whole decade before one of the most revered hip-hop classics ever came out. And um, that makes you think, right? Like how much I think people can't sleep on what Too Short has to offer as far as his wisdom about the game. And that's why, I mean, I got love for the Bay Area. I think this might even become a Bay Area rant. And I want to say shout out to my coworker, Michael Romar, because he always uh, is hitting me with links with the, like the newest like Bay Area hip hop and shit. And I actually want to shout him out and actually bring up the songs he messages me these records and i'm really appreciative and there'll be a mix of uh like usually bay area artists and sometimes some east coast people but he he put me on to let's see by the coop me and and me and jesus the pimp and a 79 granada last night that is that is the name of the record he also put me on to x-rated he sent me some records by capadonna T Nutty, Mr. FAB. So in exchange, I sent him uh, some music by Zero. So that's pretty much what we do. Like we'll send music to each other, and he's been putting me on to some like really interesting Bay Area artists and shit. And I remember myself being in the Bay Area, being in San Francisco when I went down there to work with Forte. The the thing that like tripped me out was um just like like how everything was similar to Los Angeles. You know, it's all very different, but yet interconnected. Like, it's almost like the five boroughs of New York in a sense. And I think that a lot of cities kind of carry this element where there are these shared qualities, but as well as uh, these little niche things that kind of make areas special that might separate areas like Berkeley, Oakland, downtown San Francisco area. Because I got different vibes from everybody for the most part. But I remember, too, like... Like, as somebody who, who who was never into, like, 
riding a train like that. I've taken the bus. I've never really rode trains that often in my life. I remember being on the BART and just fucking my head up thinking, wow, we're underwater right now. This is this is throwing me off. And um, it, it really was crazy to me because, like, again, like this is a this is a person who is who I've been on the subway in New York. But I've never been on the like a, a, an actual train where I feel like, oh, shit, we're under the ocean. And now it totally bugged my head out completely. And um, but so on and so forth and everything. I really think that the Bay Area is awesome because like there's no shortage of anything interesting going on. You can always see something happening. There's always something to do. And it's like anything, like any place with a nightlife. I'm pretty sure you could say the same about New York, Philadelphia, but they all embody different qualities that kind of make them what they are. Like each thing that revolves around like the culture of each city. And I think like why I like to talk about hip hop and why, like, I don't know, like, like even how rappers use their lingo, it's all so influenced by where they're from. And if it's not where they're from, it's they're hearing it from other people or they're exchanging lingo and shit. Like, for instance, I think other people have brought up this point, but, like, people say no cap and everything. Like, that shit wasn't around that long ago. Like, like really, let's be honest. Like, people start, started saying that, what, maybe a year ago, two years ago? Maybe, maximum two years ago? And a lot of that is due to the baby and mainstream, the mainstream work of music. And that's really interesting to me, how you could have something be so niche, right? So niche, a piece of lingo. And then it could blow up, and then you have people from New York saying it, people from California saying it. Like, that is what really baffles me, and it's almost like an exchange of language. Like, we're exchanging lingo, and in a way, we're exchanging sounds. And that's a really interesting thing, and I think that's the adaption of hip-hop, where we have more people, especially in the music game. Like, you have people who just say the lingo to say it. Like, I've heard people say the lingo, we really shouldn't be saying it, and it just sounds awkward. But I mean, like, mu musical shit, like artists, rappers, like, a kind of adopting certain lingo. Like, for instance, I think uh, Lil Wayne might, if he says cap, no one's really going to give a shit. Because, A, he is from the South, but he can kind of adapt it for himself in a weird way because he's also a legend. It's It's weird how you can take on certain words, certain phrases, and change them up. And, I mean, that really brings me to, like, going back... I know I'm trailing off and everything, but going back to Ludacris, I think what Ludacris did that was special is because is he gave character, character to hip hop, and he gave character to his musicality as well. Like similar to Redman, Redman also brought a lot of character to his music, but Ludacris was not afraid to really get goofy, goofy, comical, and everything. Uh, when you look at his videos, uh, the one record he did with Shauna, you move, you move, yeah, just like that. Like, ev everything he did from the Get Back video, like, he really wasn't afraid to express his humor. And I think that's what really helped propel Ludacris. Like, he, was, he wasn't trying to put up a front upon who he was. Yeah, he, he was showing a lot of facets of himself, but mainly he was just trying to have fun. And even the record Blueberry Yum Yum, where he's walking through his big weed warehouse and everything, that is my favorite fucking shit. And, um, like, Blueberry Yum Yum is probably one of my favorite Ludacris records, like, now that I think of it. And, um, you know, one of my things, I, I can't believe I haven't brought up Theater of the Mind. I think Theater of the Mind is an incredibly underrated project by Ludacris. If you really think about it, Theater of the Mind might be some of his best work because you also have great great features too he did a song with Nas and Jay-Z and they were both it was pretty solid you know what I mean like like to be honest it doesn't 
I mean, Nas definitely had the best verse. Ludacris did his thing. Jay-Z, for some reason, like, I'm not trying to just be a hater. I love Jay-Z. But the factor is, like, sometimes with Jay-Z on his feature verses, and I had this issue with the the posthumous DMX record that he did with Nas um, and Jay-Z. Like, I, the Jay-Z verse was very bad. I'm not I'm not saying this just to... I love Jay-Z's music. I'm saying this objectively like that. It just wasn't good on my ears. And this is just, if you're a fan of music, you can't deny this shit. Even if you're the biggest Jay-Z fan ever, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. But I can admit, sometimes when things don't sound as good, it's like I can admit when I don't always sound good. That's a part of life and, like, trying to, like, put your ego away. But, um, like, I think the thing with music is we, um, we, we definitely, like, pick out projects. We pick out the highlights of artists. And theater of the mind, I bring that up because I genuinely think it was a great conceptual expansion for Ludacris. Because it was also him transitioning into doing movies, and that really isn't a far-off thing. You look at what he's doing now, you look at everything that he's done with the Fast and Furious franchise, it makes sense that he is successful. And he's also a really good blueprint for people who want to follow that. So... You know, to each their own. But Ludacris can still rap. And I, I wanted to bring him up, too, because what he did on that Conway the Machine record was highly impressive. Really impressive. And he didn't change. He didn't really change up his cadence like that. He, he was and forever is Ludacris. So, yeah. And also, I do like the shit he's done with Big Crit. Whenever him and Big Crit link up, they always make great music. And I would listen to a project from them. I think that would be underrated. I mean, people should be asking for that. I think Big Crit and Ludacris would be a very interesting direction to go. Anyway, you know, so uh, diverging from that, you know, I'm not going to, like, lie to you guys. I haven't been too great at keeping up with all the the current things going on. But I I was able to to catch some shit from some award shows. Um, I can't remember the the award shows even. And and I don't think it matters. I don't really want to bring any light to, like, anything award show really i really don't care but i i kind of gotta laugh it's like whenever i see i think it was actually no i hope i take that back was it the vmas it might it might have been the vmas it was the vmas people i watched a little bit of that oh my lord sorry to the listeners i'm drinking a little bit of coffee we're keeping that shit in no edits straight straight to the facts people but yeah, it was the VMAs, and um, my God, listen, this is, you know, <laughs> uh, this is so funny. Uh, Justin Bieber's speech, man, like, like J- Justin Bieber, I- I'm not like one of those guys, I think he's funny. Like, when, when he went up there and he did his speech where he said, like, it, it is just hilarious. He put this kid in a hoodie, and I call him a kid, he's older than me, but you put him in a hoodie, and he, it's just is so weird. Like, he's trying to have this alternative look. He goes up there and he's like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of tough things in the world going on. But, uh, yeah. Like, it just was the worst. It, it was literally like that. It was the worst. It was like being in your English class and then you have to watch someone go give a shitty presentation. And, like, it was supposed to be three minutes, but they only got to 20 seconds, and then they bombed. Like, that, it was totally like that. And it, it's for accepting a, a shitty, pretentious award. Like, people like people who are in harsh conditions are really going to give a shit. Like, I'm going to be honest. People aren't looking to the VMAs 
for um, hope, like a beacon of hope. If anything, like viewership is probably drastically lowered. Uh, same thing with the Grammys. People just don't give that much of a shit. They just like what they like, and that's probably how it should be. You know, because maybe that we were at a point where as a culture, we're not just trying to just follow, oh, that person got an accolade. Well, then I should like them. Like that is kind of a dying thing now. I think that people are much more open-minded, free-willed, and they want to control what they hear like rightfully so so these award shows and shit all of it feels archaic and and we don't get any good award show moments we don't get any kanye west taylor swift moments anymore we don't we don't get those classic moments that make an award show worth it really like you don't get the moments that matter like i mean even the woodies like they actually had some cool shit going on when they had like the era where they had Tyler the Creator perform right right when he was doing Goblin like like award shows kind of used to be cool they there used to be something behind it now it's gone so what does that tell you what does that tell us like um cuz even the performances like at the VMAs were just like uh, it, <laughs> It was really bad. Like I don't know what to say. It just it just feels so half ass. It's I mean like a lot of people that you want to see on stage aren't on stage, and the people who are on stage just aren't really you know bringing it like that. And that's okay. That is okay. But it's really crazy. It this is like like fucking bonkers to think that so much money gets drowned into this shit and listen i'm not against these people making their money for their performances make your money do your thing get your reward if, if you want that by all means pursue it achieve it i believe in you have a great day but the re the reality is this like you can't like force people to, to like really watch this shit and i felt bad for some of the people in the audience you know like who have to like sit through it you, you can't just stand up and leave you gotta sit through it you got to sit through the shit and it just bothers me. Like the fact that they have to like really watch. Like another thing that bothered me too is, um, what is it? Uh, my, uh, my mother-in-law put on this, uh, Madonna performance recently. It was, just, it was bad. A lot of it was, she was talking. She performed maybe five songs in a two hour set, five, six songs, right? Maybe, maybe. And then she, in the middle of the show, she asked the audience for money. And it was for a picture of uh, her hoo-ha or something. So it was, like, this is where I'm at a loss. Like, like people, like, I, I'm getting a little annoyed where there's, like, these concerts, there's these VMAs, award shows, and a lot of these people. And on top of that, she, she's, like, really, she's trying to preach a message. That's a, it's a good message. It's a good message, you know, to be more charitable and everything. But how can you talk about being charitable and then you're taking... She literally takes money from, like, a little kid. You think I'm bullshitting. Someone brought the little kid to a Madonna show, and a lot of it was forced. Dave Chappelle was in the... Dave Chappelle, well, to actually mention in a second, Dave Chappelle was, um, I believe, yeah, he was at the Madonna show as well, which they paid him to be there because she wanted to make herself look better and everything. You know, that this is what it was. It is what it is. I don't care. Good for Madonna. It just wasn't for me. And um it just it just didn't really it didn't work out. And I wish I had a guest. Damn it. Damn it. Uh it's all good. I'm a, I'm, I'm going to get you people back, but um I, but like speaking of Dave Chappelle, oops, I bumped the mic. Speaking of Dave Chappelle, I'm sorry I'm rattling off like a machine gun, but this is how we do. I'm getting, I'm cooking. I got the caffeine in my system. We're on it. Um, <laughs> shout, shout to um, shout out to Dave Chappelle because this man has been my favorite comedian for a long time. I remember when 
Blockbuster Video still existed, and I bought the For What It's Worth DVD when he performed in San Francisco. Look, I'm bringing it back to the Bay Area, baby. See how I do shit out here? See how I do shit? Look at that. I bring a full circle. But Dave Chappelle, yeah, he performed at the Fillmore, and I remember watching that special with a couple of my friends, and we just loved the shit and and just how he tackled everything. Like, how he... how It's funny to think. Like, three, like middle school kids who literally don't have the attention span to hardly get through a class were able to watch this guy kind of really open up and talk about a bunch of like crazy things like you know like that our minds probably couldn't even comprehend like you're talking about political ideology flipping on it using satire it's genius and uh we were able to digest that so that goes to show his ability as an entertainer and his recent special, The Closer, on Netflix. And I, I've talked about this in a podcast, but the reason I'm bringing it up again is because I thought it was over with the articles. I'm like, all right, well, they're going to give some shitty reviews. They'll be upset. People will, um, you know, people will feel a type of way, as they do. And I had a conversation with my girlfriend and her sister, and we, we, we had this round ta- roundtable conversation sort of about the idea of canceling Dave Chappelle or trying to suppress what he's saying. And, and the thing is, if you, I could see why, where people could feel offended about what he said about trans people. But I think a lot of what Dave is trying to say is he, I think he's trying to point out the hypocrisy of he can make a bunch of jokes about black people and Hispanic people or, you know, do this and that. But the moment he goes in this direction, then, oh, that's a big no-no. And I think he's really just trying to explain, but, like, what about this? Like, doesn't this feel a little hypocritical? And even upon that, if we dig even deeper, I think, I'm again, I can't speak for him, but I do have the right to analyze. And from what I analyze in that special after watching it, I think even when he tell, tells a story about Daphne, uh, a comedian who was a trans woman that uh, he was mentoring who unfortunately killed herself, it... It it seemed very much like he was really trying to boil everything down that it's not about your race, your religion, your creed, your sexuality. I'm interested in people, people, just the person. What makes this person a person? It's not about uh, the labels and everything that come from it. And again, this is me interpreting from interpreting what 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 you could kind of see as a deeper message. But also, Dave Chappelle's a goofy guy. Like, we got, if you watch the special, like, in the jokes, and and I remember reading an article, and literally the the article starts off with criticism of, um, it starts off with criticism of, like, literally his first joke. And I'm thinking, did they watch this full special? Like, like because they dropped uh, this article about the comedy special, literally, I want to say, a day after it was released so my thing is like you can't really fully digest something after a day you really have to sit with it a bit um before you could say you you can i know understand it somewhat and it it bothers me that art has a come under this like this interesting microscope of oh you you cannot laugh at this you can laugh at that laugh at that laugh at that clifford joke laugh at the clifford joke but don't Laugh at the, that joke because that's not okay. And again, like, all right, well, that's not fair because it's almost like the reason I and and the reason I say this is because as a as a rapper myself, as someone who likes to use the English language or any language, like you know, to to try to create a piece of art, 
what Dave Chappelle was doing, I, I think there was a moment he actually did a joke, and I can't remember the joke. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. But he, he used an excellent blend of punchlines and wordplay. And it, it was actually a double entendre that he ended up saying. And it was really, really well done. And it was a layered joke. And I'm just saying, if people were to look past certain things and get to the intent of, of Dave Chappelle, it, it, it really is baffling because Dave Chappelle, for a while, let's be fair, before Dave Chappelle started doing his Netflix stuff, people were begging for him to come back. And when he finally comes back, what do we do? What do people do? They freak out, naturally. They freak out. And um, because this is who, he, who he's always been. Dave Chappelle has always been a controversial character somewhat. If you go back and watch Chappelle's show, like there, there are so many things that are controversial in that show that had an uproar when, when it originally came out. You know what I mean? And the thing about art is we need to leave it to be critiqued. Yes, we can critique it. But the idea of saying, oh, well, we shouldn't release it. We can't. This shouldn't be allowed to be viewed. That I, those ideals, we got to suppress that, because if people are offended, okay, you know they have every right to be heard out. I'm not against people writing articles, no way, shape, or form. Like you should, you have every right to feel how you feel. Um, I just think people should be allowed to have conversations about this stuff, and enjoy what they enjoy. Because I think stand-up comedy is a really awesome art form. I think music is an awesome art form. And I, I don't think music is really under as much scrutiny as stand-up comedy. I think there was a point when hip-hop was um, because, of you know, again, we, we could always go back to the days when Eminem was under scrutiny for the for his, his homophobic lyrics. And then he went out with Alton John. We could always go back to that. It's There have always been these um these things that have happened. And people have every right to be offended. People have every right to feel how they feel. You know, but we also got to understand that Dave Chappelle has every right to say what he wants to say. It's a joke to, to make those jokes. And we got to accept that. And and again, like if you laugh at his jokes, it doesn't make you a transphobic. It doesn't make you a race. It doesn't make you anything. It makes you a person laughing at his jokes because it's almost like a spell, like the way he delivers his shit. It's hard not to laugh at what he is saying. And that's the goal of what he's doing. It's not like he doesn't want you to laugh. Like, so it's been an interesting thing. I've had a lot of deep conversations with people about this stuff because I I just think, I, I think that there's an unraveling going on. And I'm not, this isn't far from a political podcast, but this is a hip-hop podcast. And Dave Chappelle is without a doubt ingrained into the world of hip-hop. You know, you think of Dave Chappelle, he brings on Talib, he brings Talib Kweli with him to his shows. Like, think about that. Really think about that. If I think about the Chappelle show as well, I think about the myriad of amazing performance that performances that we had from DMX, Erica Badu, Kanye West, Common. We could really break it down. Um, what is it? I believe they even had Freeway on on the show. Like so, if you are a hip hop fan alone, you got to be a fan of the Chappelle show somewhat. You got to be a fan of the Chappelle show too because of his of his takes on even the Little John skit. The Little John skit is some of the funniest shit ever. And I, I don't care who you are. That's some of the funniest shit ever. And you got to laugh at that. Like, I, you could, you had like, he had 10 year old kids saying that shit. So I think when you have somebody who is so widely influential and he's being put under a microscope and viewed in a certain way and you have a, 
I, I would. I don't want to say a majority of people. I, I don't want to even say a minority. You have a certain amount of people who want Dave Chappelle to stop almost doing his art form. And my thing is like this. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for because Dave might. He walked away and he would do it again. And I think that he would walk away, maybe jump, do, go to some clubs here and there, unbeknownst to anyone. So you can't really buy tickets or plan for it. You just got to be at the right place, right time to see him. And I, I think the thing is, again, be careful what you wish for because you, you, can't, you can't put art always under such a microscope. You know what I mean? If, there, if you want to put art under a microscope, put Woody Allen's bullshit under a microscope. That dude's a fucking creep. We already know. Look at him. He's a fucking creep. But if we can't read in between the lines of what Dave Chappelle is saying, I think that like that that is very disappointing, you know. And I'm I think the majority of people do. I think most people do. I just think some people don't, and that's okay. Again, not everything is meant to be understood. Not everything is meant to be liked, and that's okay. That is a perfectly okay thing, and that is the world. So, so yeah, that that's that's my take on that, because um. You know, overall, life is really good, and I feel like with the internet, the internet really exists to, to give fake outrage. I'm not about fake outrage. I'm I'm about positive intent. I'm about speaking my mind and bullshitting, pretty much. Like, this, this podcast uh, is basically me bullshitting right now because I was prepared entirely for a guest. This is not you. You you wanted like uh you wanted me eloquent. You wanted me in here like with great quest. I, I do have that, but uh, unfortunately, I don't have my guest here to push that upon. So you're getting this, and I really like this actually because this is more so a stream of consciousness, and you can get something out of this. Um, it's also a bit of a mental exercise as well. I just got to keep pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. But um. Yeah, overall, though, I, I, I have been impressed with the world of hip-hop. The world of hip-hop has been impressing me lately. I think that, again, like, as far as, like, everything in the mainstream world, yeah, that's, you know, it's very, you know, you, you pick and choose your things, but I think when it comes to underground hip-hop, underground shit is becoming more mainstream. And, and it's been like that for a little bit, but um, I'm really starting to see that shit. And I think a lot of that, I'm not going to attribute, attribute it fully to COVID-19. But I think COVID-19 might have made people assess their musical choices, choice their, eh, assess their musical choices a little bit more. Maybe they decided to get out of their comfort zone. Like, I'm going to go check out this music blog, you know, listen to this. And, and you end up listening to an album by some kid from Norway. That's not too bad. You never really know. You know, you never really know because um, there's a there's a ton of great shit out there. Like, it makes me wonder. Like, like imagine being alive in the '70s, right, where you had to go to a record store. You, it wasn't like, for instance, like nowadays you can look this shit up. You can be like, oh hi, hi YouTube, and then after this you can go listen to any album you want. You can you can literally stream. I was on HBO Max the other day. You can stream movies from the 1920s. What the fuck? How do you how do they do that? I, I really that shit baffles me. Again, I'm using the word baffling a lot. That might be the title for the show. But um that does baffle me. <laughs> it does. Like because I, mean, I imagine living in the era of the 70s. Uh maybe I should talk to my dad about this where if you want you liked a song, you had to like go out and find it. 
You had to scavenger hunt that shit. And I always wonder, like, maybe is is that why people appreciated music a little bit more back then? Is it because it's so readily available? It's it's like drugs that you can get immediately. You know what I mean? It's sort of like this coffee I'm drinking that allows me to do this shit. Allows me to talk this much, you know. I become a complete chatterbox when I have the coffee and everything. If I had a guest, I would have just been nodding my head up and down and listening. But um, again, I'm putting this on my back like Shaq. <laughs> but uh, yeah, entirely. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, streaming. Yeah, so um, streaming. It might be like one of those things where you can you can get that drug instantaneously, so you really don't have to work for it. You know, versus back then, it's like, oh, my God, like, who did this? What? Or I got to go find this. And then you got to go to an obscure record store. You got to look around and you and you pray it's in the right alphabetical section. And I was at Amoeba and I want to go to some other record stores. Nothing against Amoeba, but sometimes their shit just isn't in the right order. I'm very OCD. Their stuff just isn't always in the right order, and it does fucking throw my head off. And by the way, I'm watching myself. I realize, wow, I'm pale as a ghost. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got to comment on it for the viewers before they drop a comment below. I got to say it myself. Like, I got to, I look at things from all angles and shit in every dimension. So, okay, I see, I see myself how you might see me. That's how, that's how I make this shit work. That's how I make the show co cohesive copacetic for the people but uh i'm happy i smoked earlier that was probably the best decision i made jesus h fuck but um yeah back to what i was saying about music like i i think i'm gonna i might have to hit up atomic records maybe that's the spot to hit up you know try to find something but if you know any record stores maybe you could hit me up if there are any cool obscure record stores in the los angeles area i would love to know i'm thinking about getting a sampler and an npc soon that way i can uh, kind of try to drop into the ninth wonder dimension a little bit get back into chopping samples old school like dj premiere but it it really um it really is, is interesting just to, to see the progression of things like the more i, I kind of sit back and create and then enjoy things too just as a as a spectator it's it's interest it's interesting like we're, we're living in, in the future we're living through history as well we're living through a whole lot and it, i always bring up this thing about the new renaissance and covid19 has definitely helped push that a lot a, a, yeah, has definitely helped that put help that push forward a lot more but um I think that the fact that people are taking things into their own hands is important. The fact that people are saying, hey, I want to see this band. I want to see this rapper. I want to see this singer. Like The fact that the fans like are really a lot more aggressive. I mean, fans were aggressive then, but I think fans have gotten more aggressive since COVID-19 because there is this essence of, oh my God, I might not get to, to see so-and-so again. I might not get to see jay-z i might not get to see kendrick lamar again i should probably capitalize on this or I might go see flying lotus or something and um i was actually playing gta 5 yesterday flying lotus radio is really good uh, when he plays uh he'll play stuff by captain murphy he'll play almost like the adult swim soundtrack <laughs> but um shout out to flying lotus that is a dude who's really fucking talented i think he makes great ill fucking music um Flying Lotus, Thundercat, that whole entire camp, so fucking creative. And 
I remember too. What else did I see? I think I saw Ken, no, I saw Kenny Beats and Mozzie yesterday on the cave. That was a cool episode. Mozzie fucking went through and did what he did, and the beat that Kenny made was cool too. It had a nice soulful bounce. If you haven't seen that episode of the cave, please check it out. I think it's the newest. Because uh, before that, I, I my girlfriend showed me one of them. They're, they've they've had. I feel bad for Kenny at points because some sometimes he'll bring on these guests and they just completely drop the fucking ball. Like and and you got to talk about this a little bit because he talks about it too. So I have to comment. He'll bring on these guests and sometimes they completely fucking drop the ball. Uh, one dude who comes to mind. I lo- and by the way, this guy is super cool. I like him. Shout out to Slow Tie. I like Slow Tie. But he went on and apparently he was he was buzzing off mushrooms or something, and he was tripping and and he went in there and it was so bad. And this is nothing like this is nothing. This is just funny to me. Like, but he he was so tripped up on mushrooms and everything, and that he the song didn't really come out well. The, I mean, the improv the impromptu music or whatever that they were trying to create. And Kenny Beats his reaction is definitely priceless. He like watching his reaction to shit is hilarious to me. I I think that that Kenny is, is a one of the like funniest he's great at reacting to shit as well as being a great producer and everything and um i think that 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 shit he did with denzel curry unlocked still holds up incredible project i think that i think that him and denzel working together they really brought out the best in each other and i hope they work together again because i I don't know I, i i really i'm just a firm believer that iron sharpens iron and Denzel, in an interview, as he said it, that he's an MC's MC and Kenny is a producer's producer. And that's right. But to, to be able to pull off a collaborative effort is not an easy thing, you know, because collaboration isn't always easy. Like, it really isn't because collaboration, <sighs> collaboration comes with a lot of greatness, but but as well as a lot of gripes and a lot of obstacles. And this is like coming from someone who's collaborated. Like some collaborations might come easier than others. But again, it, it really is relative to who you're working with and everything. But you you might have a record that you like that the other person may not be feeling. So th- this is where you, you start to question, okay, if we're not on the same page about, if we're both not on the same page about this, what do we do? Okay. All right, yeah, so, like, when I look at the, the change-up, when I look at the the whole entire scope of where music is going, I don't, I'm not saying I have definitive answers. I don't think anyone alive can say they have definitive answers about shit. I don't think anyone can say they have definitive answers. I'm just a guy talking, filling time. Really, I'm just trying to let you guys know that the music is going to get a lot more interesting. I think that people are really experimenting with sounds. We're hearing shit from different countries more so. We're um, getting blends of different genres. Like We're getting these different influences in in this amalgamation. And it's incredible. And it only makes me anticipate more great music. And, and, I, and this sounds like almost culty, like, oh, the great music cult. No, I just want to hear good music. I love, I love music as a whole. Um, I'd, I'd listen to anything, okay? I'll listen to Rolling Stones. I'll listen to Chuck Berry. I'll listen to fucking E-40. I'll listen to Too Short. I'll listen to Anita Bay. I'll, I'll listen to a lot. 
I will listen to Led Zeppelin. I will give and even like really obscure shit. I'll give it a shot. I listen to Witch Trap, Euro Wave Witch Trap kind of dubstep. It was interesting. Shit's interesting. It's good to to feed your mind some different shit from time to time. Get outside of your comfort. Get outside of your comfort zone, people. <laughs> Try something. Uh, but um, what is it? I've been uh going down the down going down um the rabbit hole. With a lot of Kevin Hart's comedy, I th- I think Kevin Hart, I love his uh, laugh at my pain special. Like I think that that might be his best special. No, I think of it because I remember seeing that with my family, and just the rhythm that he was like snapping these jokes, and the fucking content, everything he said, it was very well done. I like the way that they filmed it. I like the way they they put the introduction together. Um, and I, I know I know I'm t- I talked about comedy earlier, but I'm talking about Kevin Hart because I, I recently I was literally watching him at the house before I came down here, so it's kind of fresh on my head. And um, he might be again. Like, I think he's one of those guys. He might be one of the funniest people ever. I really do believe that. Even though maybe his latest stuff doesn't really fully I, I don't know like connect with me all the time. Um, I do think he's one of the funniest impromptu off the cuff people. Like I, I think he is. Joey Diaz is another funny impromptu guy. Like Kevin Hart, just watching him in interviews, like the way like he, he the way he uses his wit, he's so fucking crafty. I think he was on um, I think he was on Jay Leno and everything. Like he was just, it's almost like he was ten seconds ahead of Jay. Ten set, but it it was natural. Even if this shit was rehearsed, it, it was so natural that I mean, I I couldn't tell the difference, you know. Um, it was impressive, and I and I I always like I have like tremendous respect for like good showmanship and and entertainment because it's difficult. I think a lot of people don't understand like, yeah, there's definitely some nervousness when you're under like lights and cameras and shit. Like I mean, I feel it now, and I I look pale as a ghost. I look dead. Look dead in this motherfucker. Put my head up. I'm I'm looking like I'm going into a fucking spaceship. You know how it goes. But um, <laughs> for the viewers right here, uh, <laughs> it's all good. I'm just having some fun. Hey, hey, this is a this is a, this is some good times. Like for me, th- you can call this the hangout episode where we just uh, kind of bullshit. You know, maybe maybe I should have brought some drinks in or something. Should got some liquor. You know. <laughs> Loosen, loosen the vibe up. Get, get a few more folks in here. Maybe I'll bring my family down. Why not? I think, I think like that wouldn't be the worst idea. In case like a guest falls through, I'll just have my family come through, sit down, they can all poke fun at me, and uh, make it a great show. And I, cause I, I love to poke fun at myself. Like as you can tell, I'm not really, um, I, I don't take this too seriously. And, and listen, if you guys listen to what I said, anything in this podcast, and you feel like, oh, Chase, you. You seemed uh, X, Y, and Z about the Dave Chappelle special. Don't be insensitive. I don't think I'm I'm insensitive at all. I think I'm a really nice and considerate person. I'm not just trying to say anything for clickbait. I'm genuinely just trying to come from an authentic place and give you, I know, just give you my my thoughts and my feelings about these things. And that's all they fucking are. Because again, nobody in this planet has a definitive answer about much. Even the smartest people in this world, in this planet, uh, they don't, they they don't really all have definitive answers about certain things. You know, we built a large hadron collider, and we got some answers, but not, are they all definitive? No, really, 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 nothing's that definitive. 
And so, like, I do know aliens exist. I'm I'm a thousand percent sure that aliens exist. I did see a UFO last week when I was driving home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was driving home from the gym and I saw a UFO last week, um, but it disappeared. And I, it makes me think maybe I'm just tripping and shit because I do have a video on my YouTube channel where actually I did see a legit UFO. But this one UFO I saw, it might have just been a drone or something. Or maybe maybe it was my mind playing tricks on me, like Ghetto Boys. But it was something to it. There's something to this. Alright, like, I, I don't I don't just make this shit up. But there was this light moving in a weird way, back and forth. Not moving like an airplane, okay? And I know this is what everybody says. It wasn't moving like an airplane. Fucking was it? But um, I don't know what I saw. I'm just fucking with you guys. Sorry, I don't know what I saw. Um, don't take like, listen. Don't take the, this all seriously. I I do I do think that aliens exist, but I don't know what they wouldn't want anything to do with me. I, I know that for sure. They wouldn't want anything to do with me because they'd be like, this guy's just gonna talk our fucking ear off and give us useless information. And that's maybe, but I might also teach him teach him about humanity. I think I think I think I might be the right guy to send. When the aliens come, because I'll teach them a little bit about humanity. I'll be like, listen, I'll bring my alien versus predator DVD. We'll smoke. <laughs> I'll teach you guys about how we live, you know, and uh, how we do things. Come down to Los Angeles, you know. That's all. That's all. That's all it really is, you know. Um, you can tell I'm losing gas, but it's okay. I, I got to keep up the steam. All gas, no brakes. Speaking of all gas, no brakes, that dude is hilarious. He did that. I think he did an interview with Tom Hanks' son, Chet Hayes. And <laughs> I saw I saw the guy. I haven't seen the full thing. I saw a clip. Oh, my God. <laughs> that Chet Hayes. Chet Hayes may be the most in, another entertaining person. I'm not mad at these people. I don't. People get, you know what's funny? People get legitimate mad. I don't get mad about this. This shit's hilarious. Dude. The way they edit the video of him explaining how he became, how he used that Jamaican accent, it was it was probably the most beautiful thing ever. That like the editing that that dude does is magical because he he knows how to cut. He knows how he knows how to cut it together and just fuck fuck your head up. But um, anyway, but yeah, no, there are some characters. I always wanted to do something where I go somewhere and talk to people live. Um, maybe I'll go down to Venice Beach. And put a mic in someone's face. But my thing is, like, people always say stupid shit. Like, I, I don't... It, it's tough for me. Like, I respect the YouTubers that are able to go interview people in the street. But I just don't think I'm that guy. Like, I think I could. But I... It, I'm going to get uncomfortable is what I'm trying to say. I'm going to end up, like, feeling a type of way. Because they're going to say... I, I don't want them to say some shit that is just wrong. And then I got to put it up on my channel, like, and, and just have you guys see it and then maybe agree with them. You know how, like, that's going to make me feel like shit because this person's wrong and you agree with them. You should agree with me. Agree with the guy. Agree with me. And um, I, I tried watching The Many Saints in Newark. Shit, I, as somebody who's part Italian in the movie, they, they really were trying to, like, feed off this uh, Italian versus black shit. It just, I, I love The Sopranos. Uh, Michael Gandafini, you're an amazing actor. You did awesome playing your, your uh, Tony Soprano, uh, your father's character. He, Michael Gandafini killed it. All right, Michael Gandafini killed it, and the actors did their best. But overall, the plot and the idea, oh, the, the Newark riots, it's Italian versus, it it didn't really bleed well. It didn't really work, and it just came across as super. I don't know, like some sloppy writing. That's all I'm saying. 
you know, and this has been like a movie review podcast slightly since I had to go off the cuff and everything, all that. This is like making me reassess, make me think about starting another podcast maybe one day. Dun, dun, dun. Probably not, though. Not anytime soon because I got a lot of work to do. And um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to these ridiculous rants. And I'm surprised I had enough gas to get me going. But I did it for you guys. Um, I, I try to use my wit. I try to I try to use my imagination to keep this fucking steam train rolling. But uh, I'm happy that you guys listen. I appreciate it. I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, it took a few days to rest up lately. Uh, once again, more podcasts are coming. Uh, expect, uh, I want to say, at least three a week. I'm going to have some more guests. Uh, expect to see Mickey Facts on the podcast eventually. Uh, we're going to have to reschedule it. Unfortunately, it didn't work out today, but uh, it's all good. It's water under the fridge, as they say. And uh, anyway, once again, thank you guys. Subscribe, like, all that fun bullshit. And just overall, listen to the podcast. Tell your friends. Spread it by word of mouth. Go on Facebook. Spam people. Ruin their lives. I don't give a shit. Nah, I, I'm joking. Listen, Chase Talks Hip Hop. Have a great day. I'm Audi. Bye-bye. Thank you.